Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today we are going to talk about the blame game, or in other words, why blame keeps you stuck. I feel like when we blame people for other situations and things that happen, it might feel good in the moment, like it's her fault or it's his fault. Might feel good in the moment, but really blaming is this defense strategy that actually keeps us stuck. Because when we say that it's someone else's fault or someone else's responsibility, then we disown our own personal responsibility for our own behavior. And what really happens then is, is that we're focused on what went wrong instead of what could go right. So we make everything about other people instead of about ourselves. So we don't take on that personal responsibility that's required in order to actually fix things. Because after all, if it's someone else's fault, I don't need to fix it, right? It's their fault. But you know what? Then everything stays the same. So I have a dear friend on here today. Her name is Andrea Anderson Polk. She's a licensed professional counselor and she's author of The Cuckoo Syndrome. And we're going to talk about how you can reclaim your power, put your superwoman or superman cape back on and let go of blame so that you can take responsibility for turning adversity or setbacks into opportunities. So Andrea, let's bring you in and say hello. Hello, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. We're going to talk about the blame game. <laughs> yes. When you chose this topic, I thought she is speaking my language. This message is so needed. I do. I think so too. I think we're really focused on it in our society. It's like, if you don't agree with me, then you can't be my friend. Or if you don't agree with me, then you're blah, 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 blah. And that has a lot to do with blame too, because at the end of the day, we don't all think alike and we don't all have the same beliefs and we don't have to blame somebody for not being very smart because they don't think like we think, or, you know, they just don't know things because they don't, you know, think like we think. So, um, um, you know, Andrea, you and I both work in mental health. I also work in fitness and we both work as coaches. I'm curious, why do you think people are so focused on blaming? Because <laughs> it does seem to be kind of a societal thing right now. How, how come you think people are so focused on blaming? So the easy answer is that it's easy. It's easier to blame somebody else instead of taking responsibility for yourself. You know, we all face painful realities, whether it's a situation or a relationship that is scary or painful, but it's so much easier to blame somebody else rather than having to face the reality of things that are hard and painful. But like you said, in the beginning, that blaming, it's really a defense mechanism that keeps you stuck. And ultimately, when you're blaming someone else, you're living in a state of avoidance. And I strongly believe we suffer when we avoid reality. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Avoidance. Because you're right, it does keep us stuck when we, it does seem easy. It seems easy just to, you know, she did it, he did it. It's her fault. It's his fault. And it's always pointing the finger. And it seems easy in the moment because again, well, what can I do? Because I didn't do it. They did it. But at the end of the day, it's, it might seem easy, but it prevents us from really facing reality. If everything is always everyone else's fault, at what point do we feel like we have any control over our lives? To me, I always equate it to like a puppet on a string. Um, let's say like, I'm going to take a relationship, for example. And let's say someone in the relationship has a proclivity for anger. And every time they get anger, angry, they always say, well, you make me angry. That's why I'm angry. And so it's like, oh, so you're a puppet on a string and you don't make your own decisions, but because of this person, you're forced to be angry. And so that person's never going to fix their anger because they're always going to say that it's someone else's fault that they're angry. Right. And because doing the hard work yeah. of saying, gosh, you know what? I struggle with anger. That's going to require active change versus if it weren't for blah, 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 I wouldn't be angry all the time. <laughs> so, yes. So true. <laughs> I, I hear that so many times. You know, like you make me feel this way. And yes. nobody has the power to make us feel any way. So, yeah, it does come back to putting the focus back on yourself. And I, I find a lot of times people are ready to do that when their misery or their suffering is great enough. And then they're, you know, they're kind of forced to make a change or really look at themselves. But I, I really appreciate this conversation, Angie, because it, it it's more of a preventative tool to start to get you thinking about let me put the focus on myself, not blame the other person and kind of, you know, hijacking the suffering before it, it does feel overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and I think that's true that a lot of times people have to get, you know, to be frank, miserable enough. They have to get, it has to be that uncomfortable. Like maybe one relationship ended because of their anger and then they get into a new relationship and guess what? They're having a problem again because of their anger. Um, and so it's kind of when you meet yourself over and over and over again, <laughs> like the person who's yeah. perpetually late and then they lose a job and then they're late for the next job and they lose that job. And pretty soon you meet yourself and you have to just, like you said, you get uncomfortable enough where it's like, okay, maybe it's not everyone else. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> yeah, it's the common denominator is you. <laughs> that stinks. But, you know, Andrea, you said that it's a defense mechanism. You also mentioned that it protects us from pain. And I think people really need to recognize that, is that we blame other people because it's a defense mechanism. It's a natural projection. It's not me, it's them. And it, it protects us from the pain of having to dig deep. Um and it, you know, but we get lost in victim mentality. And I think the hardest thing about blaming is that we never take our power back. We never actively make change. And isn't that what creates a better life for all of us is to take our power back and say, well, maybe I do have this problem. And maybe that's not a terrible thing because if I own the problem, I own control to change and fix it. Right. Yes. And, you know, learned helplessness is a word I like to use to describe what happens when you blame someone else. Like you're saying, it, it 
takes your power away, but you're, you're learning to take this helpless stance, this victim mentality of, you know, things are so hard, it never goes well for me. And then you, it's like you have this desire to want to be rescued out of hard situations. And that even can lead to a bit of manipulation, you know, trying to manipulate people to do things for you because deep down you really feel like I, I'm inadequate. I can't handle this or I don't want to do the work. I want someone else to do it for me. So it's this, like you're saying, a victim mentality, a learned helplessness, but ultimately it just keeps you stuck and you attract yourself what you believe to be true. So you mm. keep reinforcing that message over and over again. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Good things don't happen to me. Yeah. Learned helplessness. That's such a good one. Andrea, yeah. before we kind of pick that up again, I want to reintroduce you. We're talking about why blame keeps you stuck. And I chose this topic because we all know that I love to choose topics that either resonate with me or that make me crazy. And uh, blame is one of those things that makes me crazy. Um, I grew up with four sisters and I've always been the one who my mom would always say I would tell on myself. <laughs> she never had to worry that I was doing anything wrong because I would tell on myself. So from a very young age, I have this, this need or this desire to take responsibility because I guess I learned early on somehow that if I own it, I can fix it. But if I put it on someone else's shoulder, I, I can't fix it because I've, I've just made it about them. But anyway, so we are talking about why blame keeps you stuck. My name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm talking to Andrea Anderson Polk. She's a licensed professional counselor and she wrote the Cuckoo Syndrome. So she likes to talk about self-sabotaging behaviors. And I feel like blame is the ultimate self-sabotaging behavior. So Andrea, on this learned helplessness, I think if I hear you right, you're saying, if I'm always blaming everyone else, then I feel like I'm kind of helpless. Like I can't help it. My life kind of sucks or stinks because, can I say that? My life kind of stinks because, you know, my boyfriend is bad and my job stinks and I don't make enough money to pay my bills and nothing's going right. And so we, we, you use learned helplessness. I use disempowered a lot. We disempower yeah. ourselves like, well, it is what it is. And then people just stay stuck. Did I describe learned helplessness? Okay. I think you, you did it quite well. Absolutely. Yes. It's you know, giving your power away. Like you said, a, a victim mentality. And, you know, when you and I were discussing today's episode, you know, we, we both found this commonality and are sort of taken back. I, I feel like this is a, a societal epidemic in a way where a lot of authors, podcasters, influencers, even therapists will uh, use the word toxic people. And I feel like that generates this defense mechanism of blaming. And yeah. there, you know, there's a distinction between toxic people and toxic relationships because we've all been toxic at some point, you know? So no one does. I feel like I need a drum that. roll here. There's a, there's a <laughs> distinction between toxic people and toxic relationships. Thank you. Deep dive on that one because I think I know where you're going with this. So what's yes. that distinction? So it comes back to the blaming. 
with labeling somebody as toxic, it's not helpful or beneficial. It's accusatory, and it ultimately doesn't lead to lasting healing or successful transformation. It takes two people to be in a, a toxic or unhealthy dynamic. So taking responsibility for your role in that situation or your role in that relationship, rather than going around calling people toxic, because we've all been toxic. You know, we've all had times where we've hurt other people. So yes. blaming people, uh, I think, comes from labeling them as toxic. Because like you were saying earlier, it, it takes the responsibility off of you to make any changes. And, and it goes back to that victim mentality. Well, and here's the thing. They could be toxic to you just based on the way that you're interacting with them, based on the fact that you haven't set yeah. any healthy boundaries with them. Maybe there are real putts with you, but it's because you didn't teach them how to treat you. And maybe to somebody else, they're they're perfectly wonderful people. And, um, you know, it, it, I love my dog back there behind me, by the way, sleeping. He's, you know, he's never blamed a single person in his whole life. There's a side <laughs> note, but, uh, you know, he embraces everybody. But yeah, and it, it even comes into politics. It comes into everything. It's, you don't think like I think, so you're this or you're that. And it's, it's, there are no, like you said, it's not necessarily about toxic people. It's about toxic relationships, but we can't just discard and dispose of people because they think differently. What if we just find a way to kind of take ownership in these relationships and say, well, what do I need to do differently to put this person in a place where they don't have that level of impact on me? You know, what if it's not my job to change their beliefs? But what if it is my job to make sure that when we interact, we don't necessarily talk about areas where we don't align? What if we focus on areas that we do? Maybe we both like smoothies, <laughs> but we don't have the same political views. <laughs> yes. Yes. I found that, you know, my work with clients that the root of a lot of conflict is because we want other people to be like us. So yes. to your point, you know, it's like we we often judge someone for being different than us. And instead of calling them toxic or blaming them, like you said, setting boundaries, um, you know, using your voice, saying no, creating a realistic expectation. But it comes back to you having to communicate that and giving the other person a chance to honor those boundaries. That is so important. Thank you for sharing that piece of it. Yeah. So again, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm talking to the wonderful Andrea Anderson Polk. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she is also author of The Cuckoo Syndrome. So Andrea's kind of specialties, if you will, is helping us to get out of self-sabotaging behaviors, and blame is one of them. And you know, Andrea, I just think as a society, we almost glamorize blame because to that point of even therapists do it of, you know, it's mom and dad's fault um, or it's your boss's fault or it's your spouse's fault. Everyone else is responsible for our pain or our disappointment. And I was reading a great article when I was kind of 
looking up some information for this episode today. And it was a gentleman who wrote about anger and, and specifically people who have a proclivity to be angry all the time and how they get caught up in blaming their partner that they're angry or they blame their parents. Well, this is what I learned growing up. And you know what? You might've learned that growing up. You might've had parents who didn't manage anger well, but guess what? At some point, I feel like there's that statue of limitations on how long you should be able to blame your parents and, you know, blame society for the fact that you have not woken up and said, gosh, I didn't like the way they dealt with it. So maybe I should deal with it better because this is my life. <laughs> yes. I, I, anger is one of the most important emotions to discuss because it's so misunderstood and to your point, there, there's a difference between becoming self-aware. Okay, I, I'm understanding some of my anger issues. Either you know I'm internalizing it and it's coming out of shame or rage, whatever the issue, and understanding, I understand where that's coming from. Looking at my relationship with my parents, past caregivers, whatever that might be. And then at some point, you have to take that information and then start to make changes in your life. So staying stuck in this defense of blaming other people, you're continuing the cycle of suffering and not doing the necessary work to change, heal, get better, create a better life for yourself and better relationships. Yeah. And I, and I do, I feel like it's almost kind of glamorized in our society. There's just a lot of narrative about um, you know, it being other people's faults, right? And uh, and there are people, we're not talking about people who are victims to true trauma, serious trauma. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about generalized in our society where you blame your clients that you're miserable or you blame your spouse that you're angry. I'm talking about these generalized ways that we often point the finger at other people and make them responsible for us being unhappy or us not living our best life. And to me, it's the most disempowering thing we can do. I'd rather stand up in a room full of people and say, yep, it was me. Even if it wasn't just because then I could be like, okay, so let me fix it. Um, because that's where I feel like I have positive control is figuring out how to get out of the situation. So I'm, I'm curious, Andrea, um, how do we take our power back? <laughs> how do we help people get out of the blame cycle? Because it is easy. It is. And, you know, when you're talking about society and, you know, like, for example, tossing the word, you know, this person's a narcissist, you know, without really understanding what that means, or again, bringing it back to yourself. So to answer your question, the practical step would be take this focus off of the other person and put it back on yourself. So for example, somebody's sort of tossing the word, oh, you know, my boss is a narcissist. Okay, so switch the focus off of them, what they're doing wrong, and put the focus on you. Ask yourself, is there something that I'm doing that's contributing to this unhealthy relational dynamic? Like you said earlier, do I need to set more boundaries? What is it that I can do to make some changes? And as you start to take those steps and put the focus on yourself, it becomes pretty clear what to do in that relationship. That would be the first step. Okay. I love that. Yeah, you're right. That word narcissist is everywhere now. And without a doubt, there are narcissistic people out there. 100%.
But to that point, it is a narcissist is going to react differently to each and every person that they come across. And so narcissists will find their prey, if you will. And so if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you're probably prey. And there's probably some things you could be doing to change the narrative in that relationship or to get out of that relationship. And so I love what you said is, is basically step back and say, what role am I playing in this? And where do I have personal power? Because again, narcissists are narcissists without a doubt, but they pick prey. They pick people who are easy to manipulate, generally, People who they, you know, oftentimes a narcissist, well, we won't get into that whole thing, but you know, they, they have their people that they know who to turn to in order to be able to, to live out the behaviors that they do quite well, you know, the manipulation and so forth. So I like that. So basically start with what role do I play? What, what else would you, where else would you go from there? You have to be willing to do the work. So you're putting the focus back on yourself and answering the question, what role do I play? Also, what makes me susceptible and vulnerable to use your example about partnering with people who are angry or, you know, whatever the case might be, but it's making a commitment to do the work, the, the deep inner work within yourself to find out what kind of belief systems behaviors, what's going on within you that you can start to change? Mm, yeah. You know, what is it about me that attracts angry men? Or was it, is it about me that attracts narcissistic clients? Um, because again, you know, I, I did a whole couple episodes on energy vampires and I talked about narcissistic people and bullies, but what is it about me that might attract those types of people into my world? Because maybe a girlfriend has a perfect partner. Well, nobody has a perfect partner. But at the end of the day, we have to be people who are willing to allow that type of behavior. And so until we don't, until we disallow that type of behavior, yeah. right? So you, your suggestion is start by figuring out where, what role do I play? And then what are my belief systems that are kind of allowing this behavior into my world. You know, maybe I did grow up with an angry parent and therefore I met an angry partner and maybe that's where it came from, but it's not going to do any good to say, well, it's my parents' fault that I picked this partner because at the end of the day, it's your partner right now. And so you have to figure out what you're going to do with them, no matter why or how they came into your life. Right? Yes. I also find that the fear of losing a relationship is what keeps a lot of people stuck and also why it's easier to blame the person because, you know, it comes back to like we're discussing, are you willing to do the work to find out why you're allowing these behaviors to happen in your life? And I find a lot of people, you know, they really love this person or maybe it's their boss and it's their job. They're afraid of losing their job. They're afraid of losing the relationship. And they're not quite ready to see those truths within themselves because they're so afraid of what might happen. So you really have mm. to get to this place where you're really miserable enough or you're suffering enough where you, you want to put an end to living that way and start to do the work and create better relationships for yourself. It's, it's hard work. Yeah, you're right. Because if 
Because if it, it, you can stay stuck by saying, well, you know, my boss is a miserable human or my partner is just this or that. And you stay there because it's all about them. But at the end of the day, if it's a little about you, you might need to make active change and recognize that this relationship isn't working, whether it's with your boss or your client or your partner or whoever it is with. So I just want to reintroduce myself. I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. We're talking about why blame keeps you stuck. And I'm talking to Andrea Anderson Polk. She's the author of The Cuckoo Syndrome, and she's a licensed professional counselor. And we're kind of coming to the end of our episode, but we're talking about what can you do to get out of that blame game? Because blame is the most disempowering thing we can do. And no matter where we got our behaviors or how our behaviors came to us, or no matter this person that's in our lives, we have to figure out what role are we playing and how are we going to move forward? Because it's our life. And even if they are what they are, and you could give a litany list of who they are and what they are that's wrong, what are you doing in that relationship? <laughs> so it, yeah. it, you know, to your point, Andrea, it comes to awareness of what am I doing without judgment, without, you know, without judgment and, and forgiveness. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense to me that I got into this relationship because this was what was modeled for me, but now I have the power to get out of it. Would you add yeah. anything to that? It's so accurate. You know, it's, you know, it's, you hear all the time, knowledge is power. Um, and it is being aware of yourself and why these patterns are happening in your life. But you've got to make that choice for that knowledge to become power or that, that knowledge to bring you to a place of freedom and healing. So it's a choice, which is what we've been talking about today. Is okay. I'm I'm aware of these things. I'm not going to blame this person. So what do I do with this knowledge? I can either keep blaming the other person, or I can start to make these changes. Yeah. So Andrea, you know, as we wrap up, I just want to reintroduce. This is Andrea Anderson Polk. She's a licensed professional counselor and author of the Cuckoo Syndrome. I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And we're talking about getting out of that blame cycle. We're talking about how do you do this? Well, first of all, you just claim your power. You just say, what role am I playing? Yes, there are narcissistic people. There are bullies. There are angry people. There are people who just rub us the wrong way, but it's the role that we're playing. And what can we do? Maybe patterns were modeled for us and somehow we relived history, which is so common, right? We know this. How do we change the course of history? How do we say, okay, the women in my family have always chose X men or the men in my family have always chose X women, or I tend to attract this type of client. Well, what can I do to get in the way and break that cycle? And you and I have talked about that. We've talked about owning it. We've talked about some self-forgiveness and there's one last thing I want to say. I also think having compassion for the people who hurt us. And again, I'm not right. talking about true trauma. I'm not talking about those who are victims of assault and trauma. That's something that needs to be healed through, through therapy. But maybe have compassion for that angry person or that boss who's a micromanager. Because guess what? We all only know what we know. And yeah. we're all like sponges. We bring in all this knowledge throughout our lives. And this is what we've come up with. And we only know what we know. We don't know we're hurting people or impacting people that way. We're just doing our best for the most part. Don't you think? Yes. I, I say very often hurting people hurt people. 
So that having compassion, Angie, is so important because it it removes you from this place. I'm just going to blame this person. They're toxic. And a lot of times people don't even know that they're hurting you. So having that compassion for them. And then again, coming back to, okay, what changes can I make? Maybe I'm not really even communicating with them my needs or my boundaries. So I, I love that. Um, hurting people hurt people. And let's have compassion because no one deserves to be called toxic, not even you or I. Yeah, I like that. Hurting people hurt people because we are all, we all relive patterns in our lives. And so maybe you do have that partner who's always angry or that client who is always negative, but they're probably repeating a pattern that they had in their lives and they don't know how to interrupt that pattern. And so all of us are a work in progress. But Andrea, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about the blame game because I think it's such a big thing in our society. And every time we blame somebody, we take away our power. And so if anybody got anything out of this episode, I hope they remember that. What role do you play in interrupting the pattern of people in your life who are not bringing you joy rather than blaming everybody else? Put up the mirror. <laughs> Love it. Right. Yeah. So Andrea, tell people how they can reach you. Tell them about your book and tell them how they can reach you. Thank you for asking. And I'm so grateful to have been with you today. So my book, The Cuckoo Syndrome, The Secret to Breaking Free from Unhealthy Relationships, Toxic Thinking, and Self-Sabotaging Behavior is available anywhere books are sold. My website is andreaandersonpolk.com, where you can learn more about me and also how we can work together one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, fantastic. Well, you know what? Thanks to our NASM and Napa audience, and I really hope that today should you be have an urge to blame somebody, I hope that you'll stop, reset and say, you know what, I have the power to change this dynamic. And instead of blaming them, I'm going to figure out what am I doing in this relationship that I can change so that I feel more empowered. So again, I'm Angie. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you all next week.